jinkies. Oh, what's that gross book made out of skin? It's not a book. It's a tome made out of skin. Ew. What's it say? Behold the collected apocrypha of Stacy Ponder, the writer for Final Girl. And Anthony Hudson, the programmer for Queer Horror. And together they are... Oh my god! Don't read it out loud! Don't read it out loud! Gay of Dark It's July. In case you haven't looked out the window lately. Haven't looked at a calendar because what's the point? What is the point? We're still in pandemic times. I know this because earlier today... I went to Rite Aid. I did. Usually I go right before they close, figuring, like a ghoul, I slip out into the night. <laughs> but you I went go. daytime. I went daytime, afternoon. And on the way back to my apartment, I passed, I crossed to the other side, this family of, <laughs> it was like three people, plus children, no masks, like not even a, oh. not even like a mask around the neck or anything. Like just no masks. They were clearly tourists. Um, and I just thought, you know, it's like there's landmines all over the place all of a sudden. You know? Yeah, yeah. There's land, and there's no Princess Diana to save us. Now she's gone, my friend. She mm-hmm. that candle in the wind blew out mm-hmm. and marilyn monroe said i thought this song was for me <laughs> what many, the fuck how many, how many fucking candles are there on this cake yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who will be the next candle in the wind i wonder oh could be me i hope it it's... could be you after that after your gwyneth paltrow and contagion moment <laughs> I hope it's Olivia de Havilland, who just turned, I think, 104. Oh, my God. They were posting pictures of her birthday, and nobody, all these people were taking photos with her, and nobody's wearing a mask. Oh, no. And I'm like, who are these people? Are they all isolated together? She's 104. She was in God with the, why is she, like, why are they doing this? You know what, though? Honestly, her grudges and her animosity towards her late sister are she is basically preserved in amber like that spite (laughs) is keeping her alive and young sustained by sheer hatred i think she is and i'm here for it she looks great for 104 she really does um we are starting disaster july disaster <laughs> I'm so excited for this. Disaster July, Disaster July. Here because... we are in Disaster. Excuse me, theme song. Thank you. That is a beautiful theme song. <laughs> it's like slow motion Charo turning around and like smiling as explosions go off behind mm-hmm. her. Disaster July, baby. Was Charo in any disaster films? Uh, she yeah, was in one of the she airports. Was in Airport seventy nine, Concord. Airport 79. Coast... Wait, it's called... Yes? <laughs> Sorry, it's called Concord Airport 79? Yeah. Concord colon Airport 1979. 79, yeah. Okay. It's not like 75 where it's actually 1975. Right. Okay. I see. 
Okay. Continue. Charo. Starring alongside the likes of Jimmy Walker, Martha Ray, Alain Delon, <gasps> as the sexy pilot. Oh, wow. It's one of the worst movies ever made. <laughs> oh, <my. laughs> it's, I mean, one of those that's so bad you gotta see it, but, yeah. you know, it's real bad. Which, uh, which is why when people call the movie we're going to talk about today one of the worst movies ever made, I say, "Is it? It's not. Is it? It's not good, but I don't think it's one of the worst movies ever made." It was very entertaining. I thought it sure is. It doesn't have a point or a climax or <laughs> much of a story. Nope. Sure <laughs> or, doesn't. Or conflict or characters. It's much as people saying lots of lines. People say things in it <laughs> and the plane flies. Because today we are talking about not Concord colon Airport 79. Today we're talking about Airport 1975, which was a film from 1974. Yeah. I mean, time has no meaning in the airport universe, okay? It doesn't. No, it works very differently. The only constant is George Kennedy, my friend. I love George Kennedy so much all the time. Uh, and he is in every airport film as Joe Petroni, who is the very image of the American dream, right? He starts out as a mechanic. By the time you get to Concord Airport 79, he is a co-pilot. Oh, really? He works his way up. That's right. See, I haven't seen the other airports. So in this, I just know he's he's like air traffic guy. He's like head. Uh, he's like vice president of whatever. Oh, the airline. Of Love, yeah, yeah. Operations. Operations, yeah. Oh, right, because it's his kid and his, his wife, wife yeah. with her. She had, wasn't she the one with the great turban? Uh, for a while, and then she takes it off to reveal that perm. That you, yeah, that You say to yourself, perm. is that a veggie tail? Is that an animated broccoli I see? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's a perm, my friend. <laughs> So, yeah, so he works his way up. In the next one, in airport, uh, whatever, the next, 77, he's, I think he's like a military liaison or whatever. And then he's a co-pilot all of a sudden, flying the fucking Concorde, yeah. So really, airport is the saga of a man. Mm Mm-hmm. It's the story of the American dream. It's the story of a man who's barely in most of them. (laughs) Yeah, who just, like, shows up in the background and yells at people. (laughs) Yeah. He's yeah. great. I love him. I primarily know George Kennedy from the Naked Gun films, mm-hmm. um, which I also love, which are weirdly tied to this in that they're from the same creators of Airplane, which takes almost exclusively from Airport 1975. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think my first George Kennedy experience might have been creep show too that's the ride that's the ride (laughs) my first it's also called my first my first george kennedy experience uh i think was creep show too oh yeah 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 yeah. he's one of the kindly elders who gets killed Mm -hmm. by the man from mind hunter who is not a native american but who plays one in yeah. creep show too holt <laughs> mccallity yeah he's the, he's uh, not a native he's one of the many um 
made you looks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Throughout time. Yeah. The beautiful history of native representation on film. Yeah. <laughs> and in, in environmental commercials. Yeah, that hair. I remember. That's all it takes. It was going to get him paid and laid. <laughs> anyway, I remember Creepshow too. Do you? <laughs> Canceled. <laughs> oh, man. Airport 75. Right? Oh, this. I, I mean, going back I, once again, it's not a good movie. No. But I had a good time. Absolutely. Despite everything about this film. It really fights against the audience, doesn't it? It really does. But you know what? You put Karen Black in in, in front of me anytime mm-hmm. ever. And Mama, she is stuck to the screen. I am I, I find myself entranced, enamored. I know exactly where my sympathies are. Go, all my sympathies are directed. Mm-hmm. I love me some Karen Black. I mean, she's the star of this show for sure. But this movie does what this whole genre, the the disaster movie with an all star cast from the seventies, right? <sighs> Fifteen characters, no reason. <laughs> Fifteen characters for no reason, um, and the names just start scrolling. And I tell you, Stacy settles in. And it is just my happy place seeing these. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, George Kennedy, Karen Black, Helen Reddy. All right, sure. Larry Storch (laughs) of television's F Troop. Bring it on, my friend. Eric Estrada. Eric Estrada. Sid Caesar. Norman Fell. Jerry Stiller. Why didn't they start with Norman Fell? Why didn't they start with Norman Fell? Linda Blair. Sharon Glass. Sharon Glass, Linda Blair. <laughs> and, of course, the one that Anthony was dying to see the most of all. Gloria. Arguably the, arguably the reason we chose this movie. Yeah, for sure. And good decision, I have to say, is Gloria motherfucking Swanson. Gloria motherfucking Swanson, who, after the film, the opening credits, which go on for 25 minutes... As you just watch Karen Black walk through an airport. Uh, all caps. Takes up bigger text and more of the screen than any other name. And Gloria Swanson. I'm... As Gloria Swanson. <laughs> <laughs> She's playing herself. This was her first film. And she hadn't done a movie for 22 years. She comes back for airport 1975 under the stipulation that she gets to write her own dialogue. And play herself. And play herself. And this was her last film. (laughs) It's a pretty baller move. It really is. And I was just eating up every second she was on the screen because it's so weird. (laughs) It's a different movie. She's in her own movie. She clearly had no interest in being in this film. <laughs> nope. She literally, her character, I mean her character, she, uh, this is the one time, you know how we're always on this show because we are professional podcasters. We always just call characters by their actor names. Yes. Yes. Here it's the truth. Here uh, she actually is Gloria Swanson. She's Gloria Swanson. Gloria Swanson is on this plane just dictating her memoir. <laughs> 
And so the camera will cut to her every once in a while. There's one scene that I loved the most, <laughs> which is like they've been on the plane for a while and it's it's nighttime and so the lights are off and most people are sleeping. And then they flash to a woman and you say, holy shit, was that Large Marge from Pee-wee's Big Adventure? Yes! With her dog and her, her picnic basket? Yeah! <laughs> yeah! And then you're like, oh my god, that was Large Marge. And then it cuts to Gloria Swanson, who is still awake. And her assistant is, like, drinking a glass of wine, and Gloria Swanson says, I guess everybody'd given up hope, including the doctors. <laughs> Nobody expected me to live. Again, I've never done anything I was expected to do. <laughs> and then it cuts away, and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's so good. It's amazing. It's so beautiful. Was that before... That was at night, so that was because it was, like, morning when the... Because they're fly, fly, fly in the plane, and then Erica Strada and the co-pilot are casually sexually harassing the steward, the flight attendant. Of course, yeah. And then uh, and then the, the other guy who has to get home to his, uh, his meeting in Boise. <laughs> really? <laughs> Boise can't wait. He has to get home. Even his wife is like, just cancel the meeting. The other people, cancel the meeting. He's like, I gotta get back to Boise. He's like fly this businessman is flying himself in his little tiny plane to boise has a heart attack and comically rear projection crashes into the plane which (laughs) sucks the pilot out into the air and that was then they don't show gloria swanson until like they show her like two more times after that yeah (laughs) like mostly just holding her fur over her face (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah it's and like if you cut all of her scenes and splice them together, there's there's a touch of um, welcome to my home. Yes. To it. You know yes. what I mean? Like at the beginning where they're like, ah, glory. Like as she's coming into the airport and she's surrounded uh, by the reporters and she's like, Miss Swanson, Miss Swanson, Miss Swanson, Swanson, what's your secret to long life? And she's like, I only eat natural foods. I never eat poison foods. It's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I will not have poison food. I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> What fucking movie? (laughs) Oh, God. It's just, it's so perfect. See, I would think right now we are living through a 70s disaster film. Mm -hmm. I would want to think. But we don't have this kick-ass cast of all-stars. No. We don't don't have Gloria Swanson reading her memoirs, reciting her memoirs, you know? We have that woman with mustard on her shirt pointing a gun at protesters. That's who we have. Yeah, that's what we have. We have Kanye trying to pretend he's he's Gloria Swanson, (laughs) just trying to get attention. But it's not even that interesting. No. Where's our Karen Black flying the plane, huh? Well, that's the thing. No one cares about celebrities anymore. And celebrities were already, like, I think social media has just changed. Oh, yeah. That's the one good thing is now celebrities don't matter. Yeah, I think that's a great thing. But watching this, I'm like, man, those were the days, you know? like When a star was a star. When a star was a star, baby, and she and wore she... a turban or a snood. <laughs> and she only takes natural food. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't say she only eats natural. I only take natural food. I t- <laughs> yeah. It's, oh uh, a lot of these characters will be familiar to anyone who has seen Airplane. 
Because like you said, this is the movie that, I mean, it's the whole genre they ape, but this is the movie that they're really satirizing. Yes. Even though it's basically satire itself. (laughs) Yes. But Linda Blair is the little sick girl who needs a kidney transplant, and she's got her acoustic guitar, and there's the nun, and I... I just thought, first of all, isn't it easier to bring the kidney to Linda Blair? (laughs) Then be like, we're going to put her on a couch on the plane. Please. She can't move too much. No jostling. (laughs) Yeah. And they send her on a flight that they already knew was destined for turbulence. Yeah. (laughs) Even if they didn't know it was going to get hit by a rear projector and then people are going to get sucked down. (laughs) Yeah. And then Sister Helen Reddy is like, may I soothe the child and takes the the girl's guitar and starts singing. And I just thought, this is my nightmare flight. Like, never mind. Never mind that we're going to crash. But a person singing and playing a guitar right out loud. I mean, you're lucky. Honestly, though, you are lucky if you if you end up with Australian American folk singer Helen Reddy (laughs) (laughs) uh, as the nun playing the guitar on that flight. But any time an acoustic guitar is ever revealed anywhere. I mean, you know, there's we've all been to that party where the guy shows up with his acoustic guitar. And everyone's heart stops. Nobody, it's, there's some, it's something built into human DNA where nobody can ever stop it. Yeah. We just all look at each other and we all are joined in telepathy as we just suffer together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then he thinks everyone, because everyone is so silent, he thinks they're all dumbfounded with awe. So he keeps playing. Oh, God. This is Helen Reddy and she's great. Yeah. Does the sequence go on? Until, like, five scenes later when she's still playing the guitar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And everyone is still staring at her. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, this one, this, this movie is different from the previous film, Airport. In that pre- Airport, like, they would design these huge casts, but then it was more salacious. It was like, here's a divorce, and they're, they're having an affair, and this guy's gonna commit suicide, and this one's... She's pregnant, but she's not married or whatever. Yeah. This this movie, for some reason, they were like, well, nobody really needs a plot line. You know, it just, it started <laughs> the whole, like, YMCA, like, village people sort of. Ca- it's like, oh, these three guys are drunk. And yeah. this, this woman drinks. This woman is also a drunk. Mm, yeah, she's also a drunk. <laughs> not Lloyd. to be confused with the woman next to the <laughs> Linda Blair, who's also, also a drunk. <laughs> Yeah, the the woman who drinks, by the way, is Myrna fucking Loy. She was perfect. Yeah, she was amazing. I'll um, have a bourbon with a beer chaser. <laughs> I, I don't know why they made such a thing out of her drink. And everybody was like, oh, a boiler maker. And I was like, was there some stigma against boiler makers? Yeah, something? were they just like that old that woman's gonna shit herself? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like yeah. even even um Karen Black when she orders that, I think by that time that's the second time she's ordered that in the film. Mm-hmm. She has like three of them. Yeah, I yeah I Karen Black even is like smiling and she's like, "I'll bring you your bourbon with a beer chaser." Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird how they that it's a very strange moment. It's really yeah, like she couldn't just say like I'll have a boiler maker or something. Like was it? I don't. I just don't understand. It's very the, weird. The I, I, don't, I was more confused because I was like, "That's my standard order at any bar." <laughs> <laughs> Is it really? Yeah, I love a bourbon with a beer chaser. Huh. I you mean a boiler maker? A, I didn't know it was called the boiler maker, and now I feel attacked. Oh, look. why does everyone think it's so weird? No, I think it's good now. You know, but don't now I know. Like, or do you want to be like Myrna Lloyd? 
the well, I want to be like Myrna Loy. I don't want to be like the guy sitting next to her mm. <laughs> who's like, oh, it's called a Boilermaker. Did you see me in this film? I was in this film. I think you have a drinking problem, lady. Like, who is this guy? Uh, it was Sid Caesar. That was Sid Caesar? Mm-hmm. Well, he was such an ass. He was an ass. But, like, that's his whole character <laughs> That's arc. his character, yeah. He talks too much. And then this little girl needs a kidney. <laughs> And there's a nun over there. It's like, okay, where's the Indian chief? In the back, you know what I mean? It just turned into that sort of thing. And they that's what they started to do with the disaster movies. But it's, I, I love that you bring that up because it's, I mean, yeah. And we have, we have the other nun that just sits waiting for the other nun to rematerialize next to her. We have Large Marge, like you said. We have all these various sundry characters. And in a typical 70s disaster film, right, like Earthquake or Towering Inferno or Poseidon Adventure, like every 10 or 20 minutes, usually one of these characters would die. Right. And then there becomes a sense of stakes. Yes. As you watch all the, and you know, they could be played by Catherine Ross or Olivia de Havilland or Shelley fucking Winters or Ava Gardner, the divas of these films. I know. Gloria Swanson. I mean, amazing. But like... As somebody sings and as another established character actor or brilliant grand dame dies, it, there becomes more of a sense of tension. But mm-hmm. in this film, it's just, let's have these incredibly awkward cutaways and in character interactions that are just there for maybe comedic effect. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it is very much, it's totally that village peopling because it's just, it's just a, a galley of, of, of one-liners that the script crew team i won't say screenwriters because that's a heavy term for this yeah just assembled together in a patchwork quilt of airportness yeah it's just a rogues gallery in the back yes and all the all the action quote unquote it's like i think that the effects in this are pretty good given the time um given what they had to work with given that they had to do an, a mid-air collision and like blow a hole in the yeah airplane's cockpit it's pretty good and it's well, like and it looked like all the shots of the plane it looked like that was all real mm-hmm. yeah and it's like it has such a big build-up of like you meet everybody as they're getting to the airport and getting on the plane and blah 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 and, then and reading their memoirs <laughs> They and then they fly and then the collision happens and you're like, oh shit, yeah, now it's on. Like someone gets sucked out, the co-pilot gets sucked out, and Eric Estrada is dead, and the pilot is blind. It's like, oh my god, now Karen Black has to fly the plane. This is amazing. And then that's the next hour is just And that's it. <laughs> and that's it. That's as far as it goes. And then I mean, there are moments where it's like, is she gonna crash into the mountain? You know she's not going to, but you know, it's it's pretty good and she's God bless Karen Black does a great job. She's fantastic. But there's like an hour of just the plane going. (laughs) (laughs) And and it doesn't help. We were like, where is the, as we watched this last night, which was a spectacular viewing, where is any of the tension? Like Karen Black is selling it because she's so expressive. Right. And she's like, you don't want Karen Black to get sucked down of the, the giant hole in the cockpit, which apparently isn't any danger once the initial break happens. Because I yeah. guess all the 
But then what? You think everyone would freeze because of all the, you know, below zero air. Yeah, she, <laughs> she put a little coat on. She put a coat on. Everyone else puts on blankets down below because this is also one of those nice 70s, like, double-decker planes. Oh, man. The colors, and, the, the purple fuchsia goldenrod oh, color scheme. Oh. I want to live in this plane. Is it the plane? Is this not a beautiful showcase slash it, showroom? Yeah, it really. That was all I kept kept thinking was I would live in this plane. That gorgeous deep purple and how the plane tapers around the spiral staircase that leads up to the cockpit, and then mm-hmm. and then the seats all join together from there. And, and some of they, the seats rotate around. Yeah, they can spin around. So so Linda Blair's mom can turn back to look at her in her couch, her her royal purple couch. I love she's just laying on a couch holding her guitar <laughs> like, i can't have my laptop out but this bitch can just lay on a couch and yeah. hold a guitar and then they're like we need to stow this away after everyone's been sucked out of water yeah. one guy gets sucked out of the plane and they need to land shouldn't she be stowed away for this yeah. fucking trip <laughs> But that's, there's no, like, exactly. It's Linda Blair just laying there while (laughs) Helen Reddy sings to her. And there's no tension. Like, there's, there's the initial collision. Right. And then they see everyone in the plane freaking out because they don't know what's happening. And there's that one woman that just is constantly standing up screaming. Like a a seat or two behind Sid Caesar. I like the woman who, she had her purple blanket pulled up to her chin. And just had, she had the kind of like Felissa Rose at the end of Sleepaway Camp expression on her face. And she just was like that through like almost all the movie. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So good. But if like, if that level of panic was sustained. Right. In the cabin itself with all of these characters that we've met. Somebody needed to flip out. But instead, you just get, well, she's still a drunk. Oh, Gloria Swanson is maybe the most affected, just holding a fur over her face because she doesn't (laughs) want to be in any of these scenes. (laughs) Large Marge is still just talking to her dog. Other other people are just, there's the weird daddy-daughter couple that are making out the whole movie. Yeah. And then... and then what? Jerry Stiller is asleep the entire time. <laughs> like, yeah. He literally sleeps through the whole <laughs> adventure. Yeah. Yeah, They just, somebody else needed to get sucked out or they needed to open the door in a panic or something had to happen. Or like, Yeah, someone or, should have opened the door and been like, I can't do this. And then yeah. more danger. More danger. Or at least Linda Blair could have flatlined for a minute or something. It's like she was just like... Oh, it'll be fun. Are we gonna? Are we on the plane so, now, <laughs> Captain Howdy? So that's what, and that's what, um, that's what we were saying is like, how, how does the film Airplane itself have more of a sense of disaster and danger than this movie does? Yes, like Airplane took. The exact same concept of the little girl that needs a transplant mm-hmm. and the nun that sings to her. They took that exact concept, but in this, in Airplane, there is more of a sense of urgency for the little girl than in the, the serious film that the spoof was based on. Yeah, the nun knocks her IV out and then she <laughs> starts yeah. dying. It's like, well, the, and it, 
they it helps that. it helps that she looks like she's like because she's in a hospital gown and a gurney or hospital bed yes she has like an iv and so like that reads as like more of a date versus linda blair in a sweater laying on a purple couch <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's just so funny that they took the the fucking parody took the sense of disaster more seriously than the actual film it was based on. Yes. It's so funny to me. Well, this, because it was 1975 also, in my dreams, Karen Black gets to land the fucking plane. Oh, you know, like my she, God. She flies, the, she flies it. She's in communication with her boyfriend, who, like, is a flight instructor. So he knows this plane, and he's telling her what to do. Charlton they... Heston. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> you can do better, Karen Black. Um, oh, she so can. They lose communication, and the pilot is like, push the thing, as he, like, <laughs> pass- <laughs> as he passes out. So yeah, and the other stewardess has to act as, like, the oracle that interprets <laughs> and then tells Karen Black what to do. Yeah, because the plane is headed for a mountain. They need to get over the mountain somehow without communicating with anybody, and Karen Black does it. And then... Charlton Heston rides a zip line over to the plane and gets to be the one to land it. But aren't you so proud of her when she does that herself? Yes. And even Charlton Heston says exactly, he says, fly, baby, fly, <laughs> as he watches her do it from the helicopter. Well, yeah, and, they, they comment, like, she's doing it herself. Like, she's yeah, she's flying, flying the, plane. the plane. Yeah. So I'm like, Is that not... It just would have been... A little more nail bitey if she had to land the plane also. I agree. And I guess that's the other, that's supposed to be the other tension is like, you know, because they decide, George Kennedy and everyone, George Kennedy and co, decides that they're going to put some, they're going to zip line, like you said, (laughs) someone into the plane to fly it for her. Right. And then... The first guy that they send down who's like, I can do this. I've done lots of drops, blah, blah, blah. He just like, his like parachute clippy or whatever gets stuck on a thing and it just releases him and he gets flown, shot away somewhere. Yeah. Because Karen Black can't help him crawl into the very easy to crawl into a hole because <laughs> of a wire or something. Um, And so like that's supposed to be the tension is will someone get into the cockpit or not it's weird yeah well they should have never... the, the first guy should have been toast and then charlton heston should have been like i'll go and then <laughs> he goes and then his should have broken also and he should have got sucked into the engine and pulverized and then that yeah. would have taken out charlton heston and one of the engines yeah oh stakes up stakes up and then uh karen black would have to be a captain sully and land under bad circumstances linda blair starts to cough so you know shit's getting real so you know her kidneys shutting down gloria swanson uh, like gets to the end of her memoir (laughs) yeah she just seems talking yeah she's like this chapter's to be continued i guess (laughs) we'll see what happens that's what we wanted so badly is we we were getting so fucking pumped because we're like she is gonna land this plane Mm -hmm. and then the movie is gonna end with the next plane and you're gonna hear this is your captain speaking and it's gonna cut to karen black in the cockpit (gasps) and she flips her hair now see wouldn't that have like i mean 
Like, yeah. Phyllis Schlafly wouldn't have been a thing if that happened. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. the ERA would have passed. Because we all would have seen that Karen Black could be a pilot, too. Yeah. And I would have come out that much sooner. And I came out very early. But yeah. having a formative feminist pilot. Yeah. What a world we would be living in now. There would be no COVID. Which just wouldn't be a thing. Mm-hmm. Who knows who would be president? Maybe Karen Black would be president. She'd still, Karen be, Black, she'd she'd still, still be alive. Karen Black would still be alive. Yeah. She'd still be alive and she'd be fucking president. And she'd be president. Could you imagine? Oh, so that's... Oh, so, like, we have... Because there could be so many ways to do it, right? You could have, oh, this is your captain speaking, and then you see her. Or you see shots in the airport, and you see the stewardesses. I'm sorry, the flight attendants. And they're all carrying their little carry-on luggage. And then the camera pans up one of them, and then you realize it's the pilot, and it's Karen Black. But oh, you, yeah. it's You start by panning up from the heels, and then you see the little pilot-like wings on her on her jacket yeah you you see her hat and her nice hair under her hat and you're like oh fuck and then she winks and then cut to airport 2020 (laughs) and then they say we gotta call the president and then the chair turns around it's karen black yeah she says this is your president speaking karen black as president karen black Oh, <laughs> Gloria Swanson is also still alive. She's still alive. <laughs> She's still Dick Cheney. Yeah. <laughs> Man, sign me up. That's the movie this should have been. Yes. Granted, none of that happened and I still loved this movie. <laughs> oh, for sure. Because it's just so fucking, it's a miss, it's a massive amount of missed opportunities. Yeah. But the... it is so specific to its time. It's mm-hmm. so weird. It's so weird. It's, uh, I mean, everybody panics when the hole is blown in the plane, but they might panic even more when the plane is on the ground and stopped and everything's fine. Then everybody's like, I have to get off the plane! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, everyone wanted to go down that slide. But they're, they're all just pushing and shoving and in a panic, and then they go down the slide, and then, like, Karen Black and Charlton Heston just, like, leave via the stairs yeah and it's fine it's like everybody relax like it's all fine now you think they would have like i don't know i guess it's like a real crowd mentality that everyone tries to get off the plane for but like you think like well linda blair would get off first <laughs> they just threw her down the slide too. they threw that like, <laughs> george kennedy's like they got your liver here's the ambulance i'm like how did he know any of that <laughs> Don't worry, you're fixed, even though you have not been in danger at any point in this film. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, it is so weird. Jerry Stiller sleeps through the whole thing. He says, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> wah, wah. Or whatever. <laughs> wah, wah. So anticlimactic. You literally get Charlton, I was going to say Charles Manson, Charlton Heston, <laughs> who is the Charles Manson of the gun lobby group, um, <laughs> You get him, he just, he's a, like, Karen Black is like, can you, can you land the plane? And he goes, I don't know, you tell me. And I was like, okay, one asshole, she has been flying this thing for, like, five hours without you, you yeah, piece of shit. You. you. can't, you can't just make her feel like all that was for nothing. Then, he's like, well, I don't know if anything's gonna work. 
everything works fine, even though half the cockpit is no longer there. Mm -hmm. He lands the plane. Oh, wait, but then they can't stop it. So he just turns the plane slightly and hits an outhouse. (laughs) And then the plane magically stops and everything's fine. Yeah, it's like careening down the runway, crashes into the building, which makes like an explosion sound. Yeah. It was just like a little wooden shed. I don't know why. Yeah, it, it was just a tiny shanty. Yeah. And then he turns a corner and then it's like, phew. It's like, no, this is not how that would have gone <laughs> at all. But okay. Like they were, this director was so lazy. Yeah. But I love it. I love it. I loved it. It, it, I, hmm. Hmm. <laughs> just imagine though how much better it could have. Well, it's uh, movies from this time period are really interesting to watch because it's like the women's movement is about to kick into gear. And so it's like things are slightly changing. Like the men are still only seeing the women characters as sex objects. But now the women are like not taking it all the time. Yeah, You know, they're talking back or like, hey, aren't you married? Why are you hitting on me? Like that's starting to happen. We're not at a place where... Karen Black is going to get to land the plane yet. Yeah, she gets to turn it. She gets to turn it, (laughs) which is a step. The women are often seen as incompetent basically just because they're women. Like, there's no reason. Yeah. You know, but the women are still like the 50s housewives who are like, oh my, I I can't handle this. You know? So it's just, it's an interesting period of cinema, I think. You know? But don't you just want Karen Black crash landing that plane on the mountain? Everyone is fine. Maybe <laughs> Sid Caesar gets launched out of it. Sure. Everyone is fine. The plane is mostly intact. And and, and then Linda Blair doesn't fall off the couch. Somewhere. Linda Blair doesn't fall off the couch. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get President Pilot Karen Black at the end. Oh sure, God. of course. That's I mean that's. That's the world we deserve, but no, instead we have President Kanye. <laughs> instead we have President Kanye. But you know, Gloria Swanson, also, in addition to all of her other achievements with this film, uh, she also had the last line of it. <laughs> she made sure. And look, this is the new hang in there, kitty, okay? She said, every morning is beautiful. You're just too young to know. And then the credits rolled. And just the idea that she wanted to say that. Because she wrote all her own dialogue. Man. And they let the movie end on that. They let the movie end on that. That's true. Okay, we could have ended with, this is your captain speaking. And then all men everywhere, just all testicles shriveling instantly. And everyone else is immediately empowered. Our lives changed. But we do get Gloria Swanson giving one of her calendar mottos instead. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so there it's, is, it's true. It's as, it's as good as we could have hoped for for 1975. You know? There is a give and a take. There's a give and a take. Man, Gloria Swanson. They needed five times as much Gloria Swanson in this movie. Mm-hmm. She should have been the only passenger. She should have been the only passenger. Her and Linda Blair only. <laughs> Her and Linda Blair. And just a few of the drunks. And Large Marge. Yeah, and Large Marge. And <laughs> Everyone Marge. else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the entire cast. Okay, so all of there. them, fine. <laughs> <laughs> just if maybe some of them were a little more upset. Yeah. But in my dreams then, 
Uh, I don't know. We still have Airport 2020. Yes. And President Pilot Karen Black (laughs) is flying the SS We've Come a Long Way Baby. (laughs) SS We've Come a Long Way Baby Air Force 50. Wait, Air Air Force Force One? One. Air Force One. Yeah. Okay, well. She could say, get off my plane. And then she sucks Harrison Ford out of it. Yeah. All right. That's all I want. I want every action disaster movie ever remade starring now back alive Karen Black. And she's always president and she always sucks someone out of a plane. (laughs) Starring now back alive Karen Black. Now back alive Karen Black. Listen, we've got murder hornets, mega mosquitoes, coronavirus, Siberia's melting, Kanye West for president. I mean, exploding country. What else is 2020 gonna give us? Back alive, Karen Black? Can't we at least have that? I wouldn't be surprised. Now back alive, Karen Black. <laughs> and she president pilots us. She sucks Trump out the airlock and she president pilots us onto a rocky but safe landing. Man. Into a new future. And then she says, Right as the credits begin on 2021, she says, this is your captain speaking. Yeah. And then Gloria Swanson says something. Because she, <laughs> yeah, she, she has, has to have the last she word. She has to have the last word. Now yeah. back alive again still, Gloria Swanson. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Man. Oh. I don't know. You're giving me hope for the future. I'm telling you, Karen Black could come back to life and be both our president and a pilot. And still a star of many action film reboot remakes. Ugh. That is literally the only world I want to live in now. It's my new make-a-wish wish. Thank you. <laughs> I uh, am very excited for Disaster July. Me too. I anybody anybody love... who has read Final Girl at all knows what a big metaphorical boner I have for disaster movies with all-star casts. Do I care that they're not horror films? Not no. for a goddamn second. <laughs> no, some of them are that we're doing. They're horror adjacent, yeah. and some of them are. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, we have legendary queens in these films. Oh my god! Uh, legendary bizarre one-liners. Ah, oh, this month is gonna make it all worthwhile. A symphony of babes and harrowing stakes and deaths, and gr- lots of rear projection and green screen. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. Uh, but that is still to come, Stacy. Huh. Do we have a listener question today? We do. We're back to the listener questions. Back on track. So, uh, isn't that exciting, everybody? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, She said, stabbing her eyes out. (laughs) (laughs) This week's question comes from John. Uh, John asks, or says, I guess, I once caught a late night screening of 10 to Midnight, and seeing that dude's butt stirred something in me what was the first tv movie or horror movie moment that stirred something for you downstairs oh um i think well here's the thing does it have to be a tv movie or a horror movie 
Because, I mean, there's things that are going to have stirred the downstairs that weren't TV movies or horror movies before the TV movie or horror movie. Right. But so this is, it has to be, what was then after the initial Anthony, stir- you know what? Listen. What would, now back alive, Karen Black say? She would say, <laughs> do whatever you want. She would, because she's President Pilot and she's now back alive. That's right. Um, so answer however you choose to. If you want to okay, ignore well, the listener's question and just do whatever you want, <laughs> that's your business. And I'll suck Charlton Heston out of the plane. I'll land the fucking thing myself. I don't Thank care you. to know your personal business. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, God forbid, Charlton Heston. I mean... Oh, um, um, I will say, so I think for me, honestly, I went back and forth with this. I went with a thriller. Oh. An erotic thriller. Because I think those were the, the perfect synthesis of a horror movie and a TV movie mm-hmm. um, from when I was growing up. And the movie that really got me stirring and made me say, this is uncomfortable. Should I be watching this v- VHS tape I found? Was uh, Sliver. a a gross little um sex fest starring uh, that was sharon stone was it not Mm -hmm. and the other baldwin billy baldwin billy baldwin but listen there's those he one it's an erotic thriller and billy baldwin has the famous baldwin body hair and there was that scene where he's looking at all the different cameras because he has all those cameras all over the apartment building sure and you see a full frontal penis. Oh. And little, like, eight-year-old me or whatever is like, you, what? <laughs> what is that? They could show that on the television? Changed my world. Changed my world. If we're talking horror movies, there wasn't a whole lot of, I mean, unless, you know, I didn't see American Werewolf until way later. But I feel like a lot of horror movies, there weren't a whole lot of, it was always boobs and stuff. Yeah. So like I think like I what I think like Halloween two was maybe the first time I saw a butt mm. from a guy even in a movie, but I wasn't like that into that guy until later in my life when you get more into the 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 less tiger beat <laughs> characters. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I'd say somewhere between Sliver, Halloween 2, but really, like, you know, the things that fucked me up were, like, Wild Things and Ryan Phillippe's uh, shower scene, and I know what you did last summer, so. You say these movies. I was old. I was much older at that point. Those weren't, like, first stirrings. Sliver was more like that. Even so, Sliver, excuse me, Sliver. <laughs> <laughs> i had the soundtrack, okay? That's how old I was. <laughs> you had the soundtrack to Sliver? Of course I did. Remember movie soundtracks when you go and you buy the CD? Uh, yeah, I do. Who, I mean, let me, I'm looking that up right now. What was on the Sliver That was soundtrack? a bumping soundtrack. What the fuck? I don't even remember, I don't remember any music. I feel like it would have, like, Sultry. Massive Attack, Lords of Acid, Nana Cherry. Oh, Yeah. Heaven Seventeen, Enigma, boop, 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 boop. Oh yeah. So excuse me, I had the Sliver soundtrack. I, I prob- probably approve still have of it. that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So uh, now <clears throat> I will not be answering this question. <laughs> <laughs> it's yours is Airport Seventy Five. Because- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Linda Blair in Airport 75. Oh, I was hoping it was Gloria Swanson. It was Helen Reddy. Uh, listen. That's, you know, that's why I had to approach those nuns in the store. I was like, <laughs> it's, time for hey. me to sh- it's time to shoot my shot. And that's what got you into Annabelle, too, was the hot nun. That's right. Do you have a nun fetish? It's possible. <laughs> If they're hot i support this i mean the uh the whole i mean the whole illicit angle plus the julie daubeny like breaking into the nunnery to get her girlfriend yeah. out and setting it on fire and escaping with her girlfriend like yeah. there's something very alluring about that uh you know i don't know i'm telling you you gotta the watch illicit, the little hours the illicit nature of it plus when i was in college i had a job pumping gas because first of all i'm a lesbian Second of all, though, it was like the best paying job I could have. And I actually really liked it because it was, I was like going to school, doing all this theater stuff and pumping gas. It was like, what a time to be alive, you know? But I just remember, it was a full service gas station. And I remember a nun pulled up once. And I was pumping her gas. And I looked in the back seat, and there was a bag of groceries. And she had a can of Slim Jims in her bag. What? Yeah. And I just thought, hmm. And you said nuns are people, too. A little bit, you And know. then she said, excuse me, madam. I heard this was a full-service gas station. Said, That's right. And then she turned, on, she turned up her soundtrack to Sliver CD. Yeah, she took off her habit. And it was Meg Tilly and Agnes <laughs> God. <laughs> And I said, oh, finally. <laughs> Slim Jims. That's not what you'd expect to see, right? No. Let alone, wait, a can of Slim Jims? A gyms? can of Slim Jims. Like you they come in the cans? Gym. They did at the time, at least. I thought they were just in the, the single-serve package. Wow. I'm sure there's some bulk option. Wow. Do you think me, she saw Rock, M- Macho Man Randy Savage and she said, She, she said, you know what? <laughs> Verily, I too would like to snap into one. Was she a hot nun? No, no, not oh. at all. Okay. No, but it was still um, intriguing, I guess. Because then you think to yourself, you start to imagine the nun going home, having a slim gym. <laughs> I'm not it saying like that, a... I'm not saying that's a turn on or a fantasy or anything, but it just or a euphemism. Or a euphemism, but it's just, uh, it's an unusual image, you must say. Well, I would think a nun would eat, like, bread. Exactly. You know, like, maybe a steamed cabbage. Yeah. Right, it's flavorless. But a can of Slim Jims. Like, you know, she's... They're so spicy. She's going and she's going to watch Silk Stockings when she gets home. (laughs) With her can of Slim Jims. Her can of Slim Jims. She keeps a rosary nearby in case the scenes get too steamy. Yeah. Forgive me, Father, for I have snapped into it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I don't know. So, wonder what she's doing now. She's probably dead. Anyway, what was my answer? I don't know. Meg Tilly and something, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've established that Meg Tilly is the correct we've, answer. Yeah, we've had some Meg Tilly discussions. Was it One on Dark Night? It was, was uh, no, it was definitely not One Dark Night. Um, could have been Agnes of God. Maybe. Ooh, Don't horrible things? things happen to her in Agnes of God? Well, sure, but I didn't see the movie. I just saw pictures from it. And oh, you saw Meg Tilly in that habit. Exactly. 
Yeah. That was the beginning. It could be that. It's probably either that or, like, any woman in, in a slasher movie. <laughs> like, just yeah. any of them. Um, yeah, I will say you got a lot more options. I had a lot than, more options. Yeah. Than us gays. Yeah. Um, any woman in a slasher movie, probably. Like, any of the Friday the 13th, for sure. Um, and then pictures of a Jessica Lange and King Kong. Which I will say, listeners, Stacy had me Google the other day. <laughs> yeah, why <laughs> off I... the air. I don't know and why, but I said, "Wow, her and Jeff Bridges—they both have that long hair and those like yeah. jungle looks." Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just pictures of that was enough. Yeah, man, Jessica Lang. Jessica Lang, right? Such a big. <clears throat> she should be. I think that what Luca and Dave should do with Spirit. <gasps> There should not be three mothers. There should be like 50 mothers. So I can have all these actresses I want to play. But Jessica Lang, right? Oh. Jessica <clears throat> Lang. Jessica Lang. Give me Isabella Huppert. Give me Angela Bassett. Isabella Rossellini. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wouldn't she be? Wouldn't she fit? Grace Zabriskie. Grace Zabriskie. Now back alive, Karen Black. Now back alive, President Pilot Karen Black. <laughs> Think of all the amazing actresses out there who can do it. They're like, is that pilot who's also the president who's flying Area Area 51? I'm just going with it. Is she also wearing a red hoodie? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Right? The possibilities are endless. Oh my god. Luca, Dave, hear our prayer. Tina Turner. What if we could get her back? Tina motherfucking Turner. Get get her out of retirement. Oh. Auntie Entity as one of the 50 (laughs) mothers. I would die. Yeah. And Gloria Swanson as herself. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's another one for me. I think I've talked about her. I don't know on this show or not, but speaking of Auntie Entity, um, the woman from the Road Warrior, with the football pads and the helmet and the and uh, not the helmet, oh, <laughs> the football yeah. pads and the sweater and the headband. She's so fucking cool. She's so fucking cool, and her crimped hair, and she dies tragically. Spoiler. No, she dies horribly, right? And it's awful. Yeah, it's really awful. But man, <laughs> she was a big one for me. She has a big root. Baby. Her and her and his cute dog are the worst parts of that movie yeah that was a perfect fucking movie for starring such an awful piece of shit who also just happened to be so goddamn beautiful back then i know we didn't know he was a piece of shit though we didn't know he was a piece of shit and he said horrible horrible things to winona Ryder. well we knew he said awful things not then <laughs> not then no but we not did know then. in the 90s and 2000s oh, sure, and sure, the 2010s sure. and the I well, mean, everyone sure. that's acting like oh in 2020 he said what it's what? like what yeah. Hey, remember when Cosby said, when we all knew that about Bill Cosby in the 90s also, but it wasn't until Hannibal Buress said something mm-hmm. that anybody listened? Yeah, none um, of this is new information. But in yeah. the early 80s, and my mom was in love with Mel Gibson, so I saw all those movies. Oh, and he's in that black leather, and he has that that bum leg. Oof. Yeah, and his fucked up eye, and his frosted oh, and he, tips. I, I, mean, I cast him against President Pilot Karen Black. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> man. Oh, yeah. what a piece of shit, though. Yeah. Good movie. Good movie. Yeah, war. I think her character is just warrior woman. Like, she doesn't even have a name. Oh, yeah. Wow, 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 wowie. Yeah. That. Yeah, anyway. Okay, well, there you go. 
Well, how exciting. That's very exciting. (laughs) Very, very exciting. (laughs) I feel like we've learned things about each other. Yeah, I learned you are 12. And and I am 412. (laughs) That's fine. We knew this, but sometimes I'm okay to pretend that you're not, but then... Sometimes you make a reference to something and I say, holy shit. Sometimes I'm, I remind you. Yeah. Every single episode. <laughs> yeah. Do I, who was in Backdraft? Was that also Billy Baldwin? Yeah, he was a thing for a minute. They tried to what? make him a thing. Well, why? Because then I think about it and then I think he had that shower scene in Backdraft. And Backdraft really scared me. Because, you know, the, the fire, you open a door, a fire comes out, suddenly you're a skeleton. Mm-hmm. Who knew Billy Baldwin was my root? Oh, He's cute. He's cute, but I mean. And he was everywhere for like two years. That's they so weird. Really I just never realized this thing. about myself. Yeah, that's well, we all. So that's the tragedy of growing up gay is you, you're left with Billy Baldwin. Yeah. You never know, but it's interesting, and like I mentioned in a couple of episodes ago, I guess, about how like straight people don't have roots, because it's like, it's just like, you're always seeing people, and you think that that's perfectly natural, right? But like, to be a child, and to be like Billy Baldwin, like a boy child, and to be like, (laughs) Billy Baldwin's butt is doing things for me. (laughs) It's all I have. It's all I have, or, or any of that, and you just think to yourself, like, this is my little secret, you know? I yeah. wasn't going around telling everybody, like, why I wanted to watch Road Warrior obsessively. Yeah. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, you don't yeah, t- people didn't have to do with that. You don't have to do with that. If you were, if I was just like, I want to watch it because Mel Gibson is so cute, everybody would be like, yeah, sure, cool. But no, I had to, like, keep it. It's you keep it a secret. Yeah. You don't tell anybody. Yeah. And then other people yeah, you get you grow up and you're like, Oh, yeah, I love all these chicks with the boobs in the movies, straight men, it's not a question for you. Right. Meanwhile, I have to harbor the secret that my first love was Prince Eric from The Little Mermaid. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. And then after that, Billy fucking Baldwin. <laughs> what? Yeah. It's true. Like, yeah. You don't uh, you know. It's And it's... Karen Black isn't president? I know. Man. Such things we suffer. You know? It's just, it's so, it's just something that straight people will never have, like, cannot, like, cannot relate to. Yeah. Yeah. And then you see the slightest thing and you, you'll die from it. Like, um, we watched, we watched, um, Doom Generation the other night and Jason was talking about Jonathan Shaysh and how that was like his, you know, his, one of his roots or whatever. And, like, the the tension between them you could die from. Like, I remember seeing Nowhere, maybe a a little bit later, but I remember seeing Nowhere and, like, almost dying from the gay tension between James Duvall and the the other guy. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, even just the slightest, like, interactions, you'll never forget and obsess over. Yeah. (laughs) But it's, like, literally, that's, it's the mice in my backyard that go for the the squirrel suet (laughs) in the middle of the night. Versus the collective heterosexual squirrels, not to badmouth any beautiful squirrels out there. <laughs> but they just get to eat the suet all day long in the daylight. Yeah. Without a care in the world. Meanwhile, know? I have to wait till three in the morning and share it with five other beautiful mice. 
And also look around, and if anyone is watching you eat the suet, you have to giggle nervously as if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, it's, oh am I? <laughs> oh, no, it's, I don't. It's a I mean, joke. Yeah, it's a joke. It's, it's a joke. <laughs> it's a joke. I just, I like, you know, I like her hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. When I had to say, okay, Starship Troopers was also a root. That shower scene. Uh, I was still older, <laughs> though, but like. That's the thing. You watch those movies. You watch Basic Instinct or Starship Troopers with your friends, and you have to pretend you're looking at the ladies with all your other guy friends. Yep. And I'm like, how can I rewind this and convince them that I am trying to see if they showed Casper Van Dien's penis just now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You just didn't tell anybody. Like, I, I went back at some point after, like, after high school, after college, all that. I was in my hometown for whatever reason. A holiday or something and some friends of mine and i straight friends there was like one gay bar in town right and so we were like let's go there that'll be fun i was the only gay one in the group right oh no it's fine my friends are cool with it okay. um we're sitting at a table and we look over and it's like oh my god is that so and so and so and so and so and so and it was three girls that i went to high school with who were all also on the softball team and they looked over and spotted me and then they said i heard them across the bar one of them said i knew it and then they all and then they all high-fived <laughs> right they're cool yeah and then like we ended up talking or whatever but you think about that that like nobody was out in my high school Oh, yeah. Nobody was out. And so you would have these feelings of things and, like, have a crush on somebody, be attracted. And you would you were never going to say something because there was, as far as you knew, you were the only person experiencing You're the only feelings. gay. The only one. And it's like, there we were all playing softball, which should be a clue. But still, <laughs> think of all the making out we could have done. Think of the, think of the pillow fights. <laughs> yeah yeah i mean wow, you yeah. know it's just like all of us were you know just closeted. and you you all had those feelings mm -hmm. just alone you all had those we were all alone. alone yep wow man yeah it's it's uh, something to be a yeah. homo right yeah and then you hopefully get to a place where, you know, like kids today at least have the internet and entertainment is, you know, there's more and more gay characters all the time in things. But, I don't know, finding each other. We're all little Susie Banyans on our way to Berlin. We're all little Susie Banyans. That's the goddamn truth. Yeah. So, good question. Good Thank question. Thanks, John. It's, I, you know, I like talking about this shit. <laughs> Whether people like to listen to it, I don't know, but I love it. It's it's both it's it's like therapy in a way. It's just weird things that I never really realized, but also only that's all I've known. Mm -hmm. But when you put it against mainstream experience, like yeah, it's just oh, it's so weird. It's a just a different experience. It's just even you know you're in the same classes doing the same things as all of your straight companions but it's just a different life experience 
Every single I I was out in high school. My uh, my bestie Adam was also out. We started the Gay Straight Alliance. There were everybody else was you know like the bisexual girls, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then like the two lesbians who now are straight. But like everyone else, there were no other out uh, boys, I guess for lack of a better word, and. I remember every single person that came out after high school, it was just, I fucking knew it! Mm-hmm. Just like those girls said. But but mine was more rage. Because at that point, it was like, okay, you could have come out, though. Right. And maybe, you know, if, like, the super popular boy or the super other popular hot boy, you know, if they came, if they were out, maybe things would have been a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But, I mean, yeah, it's not safe for everyone. And, yeah, no, people just don't understand how fucking different it is. Wow. Yeah. My, I mean, my root, 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 probably, honestly, is Christy McNichol. Um, like, that's the earliest memory I have. Yeah. And that was in kindergarten. Yeah. Yeah, I remember being, like, three. Yeah. Or something and staring at someone. Yeah. Like, and... literally kindergarten, my entire life it was always girls like this is that's the thing it's like who knows yep. they say like you know people are born that way or it's environment like it's a choice or whatever for me it's literally just whatever in my dna or whatever it's my- weird how you just like did but did you but did you ever sent like even though you you it was always girls for you right did you ever like try to make sense of it in the dominant paradigm or try to, like, place it in there. Like, for me, I always told myself, like, I always thought that everyone also was attracted to the other boys, but was supposed to marry women. Mm. That said, I also thought, I, like, imagined what it was going to be like when I got pregnant and gave birth, because I didn't understand gender <laughs> stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know exactly how. I knew that it was quote-unquote wrong. I hadn't, because I had no role models. I knew nobody. There was nobody in my family. I had no one to talk to about any of it. There was nobody in the media. None of it. So I knew it was quote unquote wrong. And I remember being in like second grade and writing love letters to girls, but signing my friend, my male friend, I would sign his name. In case, like, someone found it. Like, I wasn't going to give these letters to anybody. They were just for me. But, like, I would sign his name in case anyone found it. And then they, would know, they wouldn't they would know that it was me because oh. it was wrong. Oh. Yeah. Baby gay self erasure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I just kept it my own secret. It's not like I ever... It's not like I thought necessarily that it was like boys go with girls i never there was there's no like transness or anything like i never have felt like a boy but i did wish that i was a boy because then i could be with girls yeah because i just didn't know that it was okay to just be who i was yeah you know what i mean it's real sad it's like a big waste of time yeah it's a big waste of time yeah when it doesn't have to be like that at all yeah. It could just be like, okay, kid, you're you're weird fag. Yeah. Go forth and become yeah. president pilot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So just, you know, I don't know. It's weird. But I mean, all you can do is, there's nothing you can do, but hope it's better for kids now. Yeah. All you can do and is And I think just... it is. 
Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. Yeah, in some yeah. regards. It seems like a slightly better world. It seems a little bit more complicated than kids need, though, too. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Hmm. So, I just kept it all to myself. I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure everybody knew, like, you know, people know this around you, but it's not like anybody ever came to me. Yeah, isn't that fucking weird? I remember when I came out, I mean, my mom was like, well, I always knew. Yeah. Even though, but she, like, pretended to be all shocked or, like, always acted like I was straight or told me, you know, how to, you know expected mm-hmm. me to fit in this paradigm or like i remember my sister when my mom told my sister or something or did i come out to my sister i can't remember i was on the phone with her and i remember her saying like do you think you're gay and i was like no i know i am and she was like debating kind of debating it with me but like she also said that she always suspected or knew yeah but like you're talking to a child mm-hmm. and like why would you not try to explore that with it it's like oh well because i mean they didn't have the tools for it either and so society doesn't approve of it and right conditioning and at that that point it's you know who knows parents are hope a lot of parents are even if they suspect it they're hoping it's not true yeah 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 my mom was like well i don't want you to be alone all your life i don't you have aids (laughs) yeah and it's like hmm. but imagine a world where we didn't do that to our youth yeah yeah that's what i i got from my mom was like you know she's cool with it now but for a long time it was like well i don't want you to have a bad life so just basically you should probably just keep it to yourself yeah yeah i feel like that's the universal kind of thing is like i don't it's the preemptive i have i feel sad for you yeah but then that's also recognizing like to say that is to recognize that you are playing into that right sadness or that affliction state of affliction Mm -hmm. that is societally constructed by rejecting queerness right yeah but you know they do the well it's not i don't have a problem with it but the rest of the world does so yeah 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 yeah. to protect you you should you know like i said she's fine with it now but yeah yeah same with my same with my my peeps in fact randomly this is how i knew that my mother was finally completely okay with it it was that randomly some years back she's like i bought you a birthday present it's on the way and i'm like okay i don't know what this is and i opened it up and <laughs> it was an eight by ten autograph picture of that woman from the road warrior yes <laughs> she like found one on ebay or something oh. and bought it for me and said it she's like i know you really liked her blah, blah, blah. and i'm like oh you're okay with this finally all right Full circle. Full circle. My parents never sent me an 8 by 10 of Billy Baldwin's butt. Yeah. <laughs> it's not That's too late. Amazing. Yeah. So, took forever, but here we are. I love it. Yeah. So, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. This is why gay people need to make things, because there's, you know, these experiences that I don't know, straight people just aren't going to be able to convey. Yeah, yeah. It means a lot to watch something and say, oh, this is my story. They understand. Mm-hmm. It's really nice. Or to say, oh, isn't that nice? She became the pilot at the end. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look, now back alive Karen Black. Now back alive Karen Black. Oh. Uh, next week... Disaster July will continue, obviously. Disaster July, spoiler alert, is going to continue 
for all of July. Holy shit, this is a scoop. It's a hot scoop. Write it down, everybody. Put it on your blog. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess we'll see you then. Who knows what's going to happen? Will it be a natural disaster? Will it be an animal disaster? Will it be another vehicular disaster? Who knows? Will, will Gloria Swanson be in it? She will be in our hearts regardless. She will always be. <laughs> she will always be just in my heart reciting her memoirs. Yeah. Stuffed, to no into, that, stuffed into that bomb-proof suitcase. <laughs> alongside she tries, her memoirs. She tries taking down the slide with her. And they're like, Miss Swanson, you can't take this. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Oh, I can't wait. I love A Disaster July. And Me what too. a disastrous July we get to watch these films in. Indeed. Could be a disaster year. Oh, well. Mm-hmm. See you then, everybody. Wow, for a haunted tome made out of skin, it's so loosely structured, yet informative. I know, right? Is it over? It's glowing and spinning on its own, so I'm gonna guess yes. Ah, Oh oh my god! God. Oh Oh my my god! God. Tune in next time for more Gaylords of Ha, 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 ha.